Welcome to Vitality Made Simple. The following production is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need medical advice, call your doctor. Now, let's go to Vitality Made Simple. Welcome to Vitality Made Simple, where we take the stress out of being healthy. I'm your host, Dr. Debbie Osmond, and I sincerely thank you for joining me. Well, today we're going to uh, talk about part two in a series of three involving rebooting your liver. Now, who in the heck cares about their liver? I mean, you know, the liver is really like the forgotten organ. If you've watched my TED Talk, you know the mouth is the forgotten orifice, but now we know what the forgotten organ is, and it's the liver. And we care about it because it does so many important things. Now, in part one, we talked about how it helps with digestion, it stores energy, and it cleanses the blood. It's really a filter. So in part two, we're going to talk about what makes it malfunction. We're going to talk about what makes the liver go haywire. Now, this is information you're going to want. Now, my goal with this liver reboot series is to help you understand what the liver does, recognize problems before they're big problems, and then have some sustainable strategies to help you keep your liver working well for you. Now, it's important because liver disease is really a silent problem and until it's a big problem. And once it's a big problem, you have few options. Today, we're going to talk about fatty liver disease and how it develops, what to look for early, what to notice in terms of how you're feeling and what to look for on your blood test. Because fatty liver disease develops generally without any noticeable symptoms. Your liver can be very overwhelmed, but it's not telling you about it until it's very, very sick. Now, when I was in dental school back in the 1980s, we learned about fatty liver disease, but it was generally assumed that it was caused by alcoholism. Um, Now, that was you know, 40 years ago or so. And in those days, there really wasn't such a thing as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. We were taught that if you see the liver numbers out of a whack, then you have to know the person probably has um, an alcohol addiction. Now, this has all changed because our world has changed. And now we have what's called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Now, what we call fatty liver disease really has two parts. It can be non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, or it can be alcoholic fatty liver disease. It reminds me of of my childhood. I had an aunt uh, who was married to my dad's brother, and she was, from my perspective, very, very shy. We would have these yearly family reunions, and it was always so exciting. It was in this little, you know, um, motel in some tiny town, but there was a pool. So, you know, the kids, we just all stayed at the pool. But my aunt stayed in her room. And that was very unusual in our family because we had, uh, you know, a big room called the family room. And everybody would just, you know, all the adults were in there talking and playing dominoes and playing cards and laughing and, and telling stories. But but this aunt um, would just stay in her room, but she would come out for dinner. She was super thin. And I just, as a little kid, assumed, well, she's super shy also. Well, when I was about 
probably in a you know middle school, uh, it started happening that her stomach started getting big, and um, everybody thought maybe she was pregnant. At this point, I'm guessing she would have been around 35 or 40, but she wasn't. It went on for several years until her. Her, you know, her stomach got really, really big. Now, I was not raised around alcohol, uh, and and that those that family nobody really drank, so we didn't know what in the heck was happening. Well, it turned out that she was a, sort of a closet alcohol alcoholic, and so sadly nobody recognized it. But her liver, she had. Um, degenerated her liver with alcohol, and she had alcoholic fatty liver disease. Now, that caused her abdomen to swell as well as, you know, her her liver got um, where it malfunctioned. So it's just so interesting to think about because I saw that firsthand, and later it was that she died of liver disease. So it really um, was just about alcohol in those days, but that's totally changed. So really what I'm going to talk about today is not specifically related to uh, heavy drinking. Now, fatty liver is also known as hepatic steatosis, which basically just means a liver with fat. So when you see that word S-T-E-A-T-E, tea, steat, then you, it's always something to do with fat. And when you see osis on any medical word, it means the state of being diseased. So think about other conditions like tuberculosis, uh, necrosis, acidosis. I mean, there's a lot of words that are examples of, um, of disease. Now, I was shocked by the fact that in a 2017 Teen research review, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease affects 25 to 30 percent of adults in the United States and Europe. Now, that's that's just wild. That's just crazy. Now, wherever you are in the world, I would suspect the numbers are probably also way too high because our, you know, our food's changed everywhere. Lots of things have changed. Lots of uh, environmental toxins are in our environment. And um, this is this is really a very silent problem. Uh, whenever people have fatty liver disease, fat accumulates and takes over the liver cells and causes inflammation. You know, as we talk about all the time on Vitality Made Simple, chronic inflammation is not your friend. Uh, it steals your vitality, it wrecks your life, and it can just be so silent. Now, your liver is your second largest organ. It's second only to your skin. Our skin is an organ too, a super important organ. And as I said earlier, it does three important things. It helps with digestion, it stores energy, and it cleanses the blood. It's really a filter that helps get rid of harmful substances. So last week in um, part one, we talked about how specifically it does that. So remember, the key and, and the re- what's really propelled me along this journey of, of trying to condense this information into three podcasts is that fatty liver disease develops without any noticeable symptoms. And so it's very, very easy to ignore. And I don't want us to ignore things. I, you know, we, my people perish for lack of knowledge that's in the Bible, and it means a lot of different things. But I think part of it is that we have to know what matters. And I am just so keenly aware of noticing early, early symptoms. Um, 
as you all know, I'm, um, I was diagnosed with chronic lymphocytic leukemia, and the standard of care with CLL is watch and wait. Well, that's where we are in too many of the ailments that people suffer from. So we're not going to watch and wait when it comes to fatty liver disease. So I want to tell you about the four stages um, of fatty liver disease. The first one is called simple fatty liver disease, and that's when excess fat starts to build up in the liver. Now, Unfortunately, it's considered harmless at this stage, but I don't agree. That is not good. It might be normal, as we talk about normal a lot, but it's not optimal. So, you know, that's the stage we really want to know about and to start making some changes. Now, the next stage is called steatohepatitis. There's that word steato again, um, hepatitis. And you, you know, hepatitis always has to do with the liver. Now, that's when there is not only excess fat in the liver, but there's also inflammation. Fat cells produce inflammation. Now, this, you'll also see this called NASH, which stands for non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. So often in, in literature, or if you're reading about something, you'll see NASH and just know that that means non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So the first one is when fat starts to accumulate. The second one is when when enough fat accumulates, and now we have inflammation. And the third stage is fibrosis. So there's not only excess fat and inflammation, but now there is scarring. And that's because of that persistent inflammation. Now at this stage, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, the liver can still function quite well. But I think this is really bad news because it can be, it can really fool people. They can think they're okay, but you know, problems are happening, damage is being done. And now these first three stages, even in this third stage of early fibrosis, uh, much of this is reversible because the liver is, is the only major organ that can actually, you know, regenerate, uh, before it's too late. It's, it's really, it's good news. That's why it's so important to know about it. Now, the fourth stage of of liver disease is cirrhosis. We've all heard of cirrhosis and, you know, we know that it doesn't happen suddenly. If, you know, that's been a long process once cirrhosis happens. Now, this is when the scarring, the fibrosis has become widespread and now the liver's ability to function is impaired. We don't want to wait until this stage. This is when fatty liver disease is irreversible and dangerous. This is when people are headed to liver failure. So let's think about this approximately, you know, three pound football sized organ. I mean, it's a super key to vitality. And because there are no noticeable symptoms until it's too late, we w- we've got to talk about what we can do. So I want to first start with telling you what to start looking for on your annual blood test. Now, one of the earliest signs is elevation of liver enzymes on a routine blood test. So you want to look for, you know, your ALT, your AST, and your GGT. You want those to be in optimal, uh, in the optimal areas. You don't want it, you know, pushing too high or pushing too low. You want those to be optimal. They can be in like the normal range, but still not be 
that great. Normal can be so deceiving. These elevated liver enzymes, and there are others, are signs of inflammation. Now, fatty liver is uh, one potential cause of liver inflammation. There's others, there's viruses, but that's the main one. And that's what we want to talk about today. And while preparing for this series of podcasts, I realized that this topic is one that really needs to be um, a class. I mean, it needs, there's so much great information. And and I learned a whole lot um, in this. And, and it's just so key to know the early signs. There's a book that I would recommend uh, that if you're interested in this, that you purchase. If you're interested in looking at your blood test and knowing the optimal ranges, just buy a book called Your Blood Never Lies. It's so well written. It was written by one of my instructors that I got to know um, in my master's uh, classes, and his name is Dr. James Laval. His initial training was as a pharmacist, and his book, Your Blood Never Lies, is very timeless. And it's just a good book to have, a good reference book to have on yourself. So you want to pay attention if your liver enzymes are not in the optimal range. Why wait? Because, you know, in the early stages, you have a lot more options. Uh, when you know that you have maybe a problem cooking, you can get a an ultrasound done, a CT scan, an MRI, um, just to know what, what in the world's going on. There's a, a test called a fibro scan that uses low-frequency sound waves, and that helps measure your liver stiffness, you know, that fibrosis. It can, can check for scarring. You don't want to wait until you need a liver biopsy. You don't want to wait you know, until you need something big. I mean, that fatty liver increases your chances of liver cancer. Uh, There's no reason to wait. Our bodies are designed to heal. And the liver is the only organ, as I said earlier, able to actually regenerate lost tissue if started early enough. So here's some signs to look for. Some of these signs are early and some are late. It varies with individual people. I mean, everybody's different. Some of these signs are... um, also involved with other problems, but some things you might think about. Um, Warning signs of early uh, fatty liver disease include uh, fluid accumulation in the abdomen. Of course, that's really a late sign, as I told you with my aunt. Uh, Yellow skin and eyes can show you that you've got some jaundice and you're having some liver problems, loss of appetite, abdominal pain, nausea with no reason, uh, swelling of your legs. Uh, Breast enlargement in men is a sign of fatty liver disease, confusion, fatigue, weakness. Uh, One that surprised me was itchy skin. I think that's really one that a lot of people will say I have, you know, itchy skin and they'll put some kind of topical thing to stop the itching, but you want to look for the cause. You always want to find out uh, what the cause is. Another surprising early sign is um, like broken vessels, clusters of web-like blood vessels just under your skin. And there's other signs. Those are just a few. But the key is that, you know, pay attention to your body and, and try to find out the root cause 
of what you're feeling. So let's talk about three major root causes of fatty liver disease. The first one, and by far the the most likely one for most of us, is uh, sugary foods and drinks. There's, you know, that has just changed so much, say, since the early 80s. You know, I'm not going to tell you to not eat sugar, but it's the dose that makes the poison. And high fructose corn syrup, um, you know, has come into our world, and that has really been a game changer changer because it is metabolized a little bit differently in the liver than, say, um, regular sugar or even honey. Now, high fructose corn syrup was invented in 1957, but it, it was actually perfected, as the literature says, in the 70s. So that really changed the food because even if it's not high fructose corn syrup, there's just sugar in so many things that we think are health foods. So many things have become dessert that are actually not supposed to be that sweet. I'm going to talk more about that next week. And don't worry, I'm not going to tell you not to eat eat sugar. It's the dose that makes the poison. So um, it's just really being more intentional about what you do. Another major cause of fatty liver disease is medications. Now, you might have to be taking a medication, but you want to be aware of that medication's nutrient depletions as well as side effects that may impact your liver's health. Now, some common, common, common medications are things like methotrexate. You know, that's used for rheumatoid arthritis. It's used in cancer. A lot of people take methotrexate. Another common drug is tamoxifen. That's an estrogen blocker that also can um, impact fatty liver disease. And then there's amiodarone, you know, which is a, a lots of people take for heart arrhythmia. Now, these are very common, but you need to be aware that while they have benefits, they also have side effects. And most, you know, most medications have some benefits and they have some nutrient depletions uh, that you need to uh, address. So we have uh, sh- more sugar on our horizon. We have medications. And the third major cause of fatty liver disease are chronic inflammatory illnesses. Now, these, again, we we talk about on, you know, Vitality Made Simple, we want to feel good. We want to do what we can to feel good. We want to nurture our bodies. These bodies are our relationship vehicles, and everything works together. So chronic inflammatory illnesses that have become so common greatly impact uh, fatty liver disease. It's an inflammatory illness. So other inflammatory illnesses, you know, such as type 2 diabetes, I mean, even early insulin resistance uh, impacts fatty liver disease, metabolic syndrome, uh, obesity, a history of, you know, all kinds of infections can make a difference. Sleep is a big part of it. Um, Sleep apnea really infects uh, fatty liver disease. One that's near and dear to my heart and that I see often in my clinic is periodontal disease. It is a major inflammatory factor. And now, you know, gum disease, even early gum bleeding will increase your chances of having liver inflammation. It's now being called the oral liver axis. I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, next week. Please tune in for that. So many often when I put bleeding gums in the um, 
description, then people listen to it less, but it really, really matters. You can see how everything impacts everything. You know, sugar and processed foods are at the base of so many things, and they impact many of those other areas like metabolic syndrome and obesity and, you know, type 2 diabetes. So so next week, we're going to talk about sustainable strategies, and it won't just be stop sugar. There's so many things to do. We want to, you know, face fatty liver disease, you know, 20 to 25%. That's a lot of people. We want to uh, make modifications while we still have options. We, we live in a world that's really not kind to our livers. So we have to be extra kind to our livers. And you don't have to be from Oklahoma to know that you don't want a fatty liver if you want vitality, because a fatty liver will absolutely sabotage your vitality. And unfortunately, this disease develops without any noticeable symptoms. So it's very easily ignored. And I think, unfortunately, that even in among uh, medical professionals, it's very normal to ignore it until it gets worse. But we, even though that's the normal thing, we don't want to be normal. Remember, resist normal because normal is merely the usual or the regular pattern and what is familiar or typical in our world, in our society at a particular point in time. So, you know, fatty liver disease was very unusual in the 70s and the early 80s, but now with 20 to 25% of the people that are diagnosed with it, it's pretty normal because that's, you know, that's probably later stages. Consider what normal is in other areas in our world. It's dehydrated, irritated, constipated, frustrated, overscheduled, overstimulated, undernourished, underrested, inflamed, and totally stressed out. Don't be normal, you guys. Uh, I'm going to help you not to be normal. Remember, uh, being healthy, feeling great does not need to be confusing, expensive, or no fun. And I thank you for listening today for Liver Reboot Part 2. I hope this has helped you to know, to be more aware that this is a pretty common problem, but in the early stages, It is reversible and you can do it and still enjoy your life. And I thank you so much for subscribing and for sharing. Uh, This podcast has organically grown. We're now in 629 cities. We gained 10 this week. And in 57 countries, we gained one. And that's all thanks to you because um, I am frankly a social media loser. And so thank you so much. So listen for next week. And blessings until then. Bye-bye.